Packers win. The Packers win again, defeating the New Orleans Saints with the score of 37 to 30 on prime time Sunday night football. Yes, the Packers run Louisiana. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is better than Drew Brees. And I mean that with all disrespect to the New Orleans Saints fans that my fellow Packer fans and I encounter beef with on Twitter. But what's up, Packer fans? Welcome to another episode of Cheesehead Talk, the podcast. I'm Tremel Jeffers, a.k.a. The Cheesehead. In today's episode, we're going to discuss our Monday Night Football matchup versus the Atlanta Falcons with one of my guys who's been a long-life Atlanta Falcon fan. But before we bring him in and discuss our matchup, we're going to go over a quick recap of the Packers' Week 3 victory over the New Orleans Saints. And let's start with the offense. It was a collective effort. Like I said, before the game in the preview, If we were going to win this game, everybody was going to have to step up on the offensive side of the ball. And that is exactly what happened in this game. Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers, 21 for 32, 283 yards, three touchdowns, and a 125 passer rating. And he just showed on Sunday night why he is still a top five quarterback, arguably a top three quarterback. And if it wasn't for Russell Wilson right now, Aaron Rodgers would probably be number one in the MVP race. But Aaron Rodgers was phenomenal, and he showed why he is better than Drew Brees, and that is not an argument. Aaron Jones, 16 carries, 69 yards, and of course he got in the end zone with another touchdown. He's just attracted to that end zone. He had a solid game. Alan Lazard, he made a big name for himself on Sunday Night Football. He really stepped up in this one. He torched that New Orleans Saints secondary. Six catches for 146 yards and one touchdown. It didn't matter who was on him. Marshawn Lattimore, Janoris Jenkins, he ate and he had a big game. But unfortunately, he suffered a core injury where he's going to need surgery. So I don't know how long he's going to be out, but he's going to miss a couple of games. And then the second year tight end, Jay Sternberger, he stepped up in this game. He got his first catch of his career in the regular season. He had five catches for 50 yards, and he made some big catches in this game. Mercedes Lewis, the 38-year-old tight end, the old man, he still has some left in the tank, and he made a huge catch in this one. He had one catch for 18 yards, which was a huge touchdown. Some would say it was pass interference, but I beg to differ. I think it was 50-50, and it was a great leaping catch by Mercedes Lewis. So it was a collective and team effort by the Packers offense in this one. We put up 37 points. This is the third game in a row, third game of the season that we have put up over 35 points. The Packers have the number one offense in the league, and they have the number one scoring offense in the league, averaging 40 points per game. And they've scored the fifth most points in NFL history through the first three games with 122 points. And their next matchup is against the Atlanta Falcons, who have the worst defense in the NFL. So I'm very excited to see what this Packers offense is going to do against that banged up and struggling Atlanta Falcons defense. The Packers were phenomenal on offense, and they get an A-plus from me. Now let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. It was a terrible performance. It was an embarrassing performance on Sunday night football where the entire world is watching. This defense still cannot stop the run and they need to go out in free agency and they need to reach out to Snacks Harrison. It is time 
to sign Snacks Harrison. This run defense is getting out of hand. It's ridiculous. Everybody is running over us. Everybody. Alvin Kamara averaged 9.7 yards per carry. Latavius Murray averaged 4.8 yards per carry. They had their way running the football. Also, this team could not tackle in this game. That was the most embarrassing part of the game. We missed so many tackles. It was one play on the Alvin Kamara touchdown where we had five missed tackles. Five missed tackles in one play. If that first tackle was made, the New Orleans Saints would have faced a second and 15, a second and long situation. But instead, the Packers missed tackles and Alvin Kamara goes for a huge receiving touchdown that should have been stopped and should have been a negative play. And they also didn't get any pressure on Drew Brees. This team barely got pressure on Drew Brees. And if it wasn't for Kingsley Kiki, I don't know if this team would have had a sack. Thanks to Kingsley Kiki stepping up, he had two sacks in this one. And that's the only guy on the defensive side that I think had a good game. I think Jair Alexander was good in coverage. But that missed tackle he had on the Camara touchdown, that, that brought my grade down for Jair Alexander. Also, I think Ty Summers and K.J. Barnes were okay in this one, but we just had no answer for Alvin Kamara. He just had his way with this Packers defense. And a lot of that blame goes to Mike Pettin. And I knew coming into this game, Alvin Kamara was going to have a big game, and Mike Pettin wasn't going to have any type of game plan for Kamara, and it showed on Sunday night. But my grade for this Packers defense in that game was a D. And the only reason it wasn't an F is because Zadarius Smith, he came up big in the fourth quarter and he completely changed the momentum with that forced fumble on Taysom Hill. That was the play of the game for the defense. If he didn't get that forced fumble on Taysom Hill, the Packers were probably going to lose this game because on the offensive side, we got stuffed on fourth and one. It was a tie game. The Saints got the ball back at midfield. And it looked like they were just going to drive down the field and score again. But thanks to Zadarius Smith, he made the play of the game. And he saved us and completely changed the momentum around. So I give the Packers a D on the defensive side. And we have to be better next week against Atlanta. So that's my recap for the Packers' Week 3 victory over the New Orleans Saints. Now let's move on to Week 4. And let's bring in our guest and talk about the Atlanta Falcons. And now joining the podcast is a friend of mine that I've known all the way since middle school. He's the biggest Atlanta Falcon fan that I know. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Mr. Dominique Roberson Jr. What's going on, Dominique? Nothing, just just chilling, going through my days, people day outside, just sitting here. I'm ready for this Monday night football matchup. My Green Bay Packers versus your Atlanta Falcons, Lambeau Field. I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, it should it should be a good one because we the Packers and Rodgers versus Matt Ryan, it's it's always really a good game. I mean, sometimes it's a bad game depending on the team and depending on the year, but it's always a good game, you know, Matt Ryan and Rodgers. It's it's going to be pretty good prime time. Yep, another prime time game between us. We're actually we lead the series over the last decade. We're up 5 to 4. So, it's been pretty close over the last 9 games that we played. And now this is the 10th matchup in the last oh, yeah. 10 years, so we'll see if it'll go 5-5 five and five or 6-4 and four in our way. 
But before we get into the football talk, I want the audience to get a chance to know you. So let them know about your cooking business and what made you go into that field. So what made me go into culinary and cooking? My love for food, um, I've always loved football, but food has been has been second to me. And um, growing up, I played football all my life, and I was, you know, hoping to go to the league someday, go to play college football and all this of my junior and senior year didn't go as planned because of injuries. So I decided to just go ahead and uh, try to do another profession because, you know, football wasn't there for me. It was just a sign. So my dad helped me get into cooking because he also has his own barbecue business right now. And so over the past 10 years of us being together as a family and knowing him, I've always watched him cook. You know, that helped me grow into being, okay, so look, I want to start my own business with cooking and so that's what made me decide to go to culinary school for it. Got my degree um, in that school over time. You know, the classes helped me get an idea about what I wanted to do with my business and the cuisine I wanted to get into and my favorite, like, you know, expand my knowledge on food and the culinary industry all in all. So that's what made me get into food, my love for food and my dad. Now, let the audience know where they can find your social media pages so they can go support your business. All right. So my business page is um, Dom11Chef on Instagram. And so on that page, you'll find uh, my menu. You'll find a bunch of pictures and uh, videos of the food I've made over the last few years, uh, my time in college. Got some pictures of that in there, my graduations, you know, prices. I do southern uh, southern food, Creole food. I do special requests. So, you know, y'all can go follow me on there and uh, DM me if you're interested in ordering, placing the order and all that stuff. And and that's where it'd be. Again, it's Dom 11 Chef on Instagram. Be the first one pop up. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you go follow his pages and make sure you support him. He's got some very good food, I'm telling you. But, Dominique, I've known you for almost 10 years now. And since I've known you, you've always been an Atlanta Falcons fan. And you grew up in Dallas. So what made you become an Atlanta Falcons fan? So what made you become an Atlanta Falcons fan? So growing up, surprisingly, I wasn't, like, really into football. Football, I was more into soccer. Uh, I played soccer a bit growing up. And uh, my older brother helped me get into football. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to start practicing football with my brother. And come to find out, I was actually – getting good at football. So that's what made me start to like football more than soccer. So I grew up from soccer and got way more into football. The what the reason why I started liking the Atlanta Falcons is because, you know, I was I was young. It was before Matt Ryan. I think it was a year before Matt Ryan. Like the year before Matt Ryan. So it was Chris Redman was quarterback, but I was young, so I was just like, okay, so my favorite coach Brady Black. I ain't know much about football, so of course I'm gonna choose a team, you know what I mean, that suited to my to my liking so i was like okay so i'm gonna just choose the falcons since they they original colors is red black you know silver white those are my favorite colors so i decided to start liking the atlanta falcons uh did my history on them over time the time that they became organization did looked up my history all that stuff like so that's what really made me become a falcons fan uh, so i've been there through bad times all the way before matt ryan so it was bad and good you know been some bad years even with Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan is is the quarterback for the team now. So 
been been with this team for a long time, so I'm not a bandwagon. Yeah, like you said, you're not a bandwagon at all. You've been there through the bad times and the good times. But right now, it's not really a good time for the Atlanta Falcons. And I kind of want to recap over the last game that you all had against the Chicago Bears where you lost 30-26 to and you blew a 23-6 to lead in the fourth quarter. What, what happened in that game? This is the second blown lead that y'all blew in two weeks yeah, in a row. That is – and that's a, that's a record also. Like, that is – the last game, it was 15. We was up 15 heading into the fourth quarter. And then this game, we was up 16 in the fourth quarter. And it's just – I feel like the thing that holds us back is, like, we can't finish games like we're supposed to. And last game, injuries – I don't want to blame it too much on injuries because you're we're up double-digit points, so that's not an excuse. Like, you supposed to hold the lead regardless. But last game, our – you know, it, the defense starts with pass rush, in my opinion. So, we was getting to Dak Prescott pretty heavily throughout that game, uh, especially with Tack McKinley coming off the edge, Dante Fowler, uh, and Grady Jarrett from the inside. And so, last game, Tack McKinley was out the game um, after the second quarter. And as as you noticed, I was watching the game. So, like, after he got hurt, our linebacker, our second linebacker got hurt. And he's one of the top coverage linebackers in the league. And it's his third year in the league. And so he got hurt, and our safety got hurt. And so all three aspects of defense, from the from the line, linebacker, and safety, they got hurt uh, within the second, third quarter last game uh, against the, the Cowboys. And so that kind of helped the uh, the Cowboys come back with the pass game, and that's what helped Mark Cooper get going, CeeDee Lamb get going, Dak get going, and that's how they came back. Like I said, it's, I don't want to make that an excuse, but that affected the game, obviously. And so against the Bears, we had six starters out on defense. And with the Bears, they're not really a, a super – they're not really a dynamic offense because they – I mean, they got Montgomery and they got Allen Robinson, but they don't got no – you know what I mean? They don't got no big, big names on offense. So I was like, okay, we might have six starters out on defense, so we should still be able to do something regardless. You know what I mean? So they were showing that to me at the beginning of the game. We was up. And I was like, okay, so we we doing something. We proving something that we don't need our starters specifically. Even though it's just the Bears, they was proving something to me. And, like, fourth quarter came, and then our secondary was doing was, – was holding the Bears pretty good. And then all of a sudden, the fourth quarter come. I, I think it's just something that happens to the team in the fourth quarter uh, that really affects how they play because the Bears started to come back in the fourth quarter it the lead went from 16 to 10 and I was just like oh my god sure we go again like that's the story of my life being a Falcons fan ever since Super Bowl just like I cannot enjoy a lead because I just really feel like my team is going to shut down in the fourth quarter like they've been doing why can't this team hold on to leads is it coaching is it Dan Quinn what's the problem every game after every game Dan Quinn always goes to the press you know, he says the same thing over and over. I just hear excuses after excuses. And, like, man, just go out there. You're a defensive-minded coach. Like, when you was with Seattle Seahawks, they would have the leads in the boom. You know, they was they was a very good defense, like top defense, like a scary defense. And so the fact that he comes to Atlanta, and that's our weakness. So I feel like that's why we even hired him, because he's a defensive-minded head coach. And that's where the Falcons have been lacking for many, many years now, defense. 
the offense is never the problem with this team. It's just the defense. And the fact that he's a defensive-minded head coach and we still are at the bottom of the league, like worse than team, like worse. Like the, the worst of the worst, and we have stars on defense, like Grady Jerry, Keanu Neal, Deion Jones, and we at the bottom. It just don't make sense to me. And Raheem Morris is the defense coordinator. And I feel like Dan Quinn, he he tries to do too much himself uh, on the defense because he's a defensive-minded head coach. But Raheem Morris is actually good. at the, he's, he's a good defense coordinator, and he's good at developing corners and all that stuff. And the fact that we are at the bottom is crazy to me. So I would say it's, it's a bit in the middle. So are you with the majority of the other Atlanta Falcon fans where you want Dan Quinn fired? Are you on the fire Dan Quinn train? At times, yes, I'm starting to lose faith because, like, you've been here for four years now, three, four years now. It's been a minute, and we still don't have a top defense, like, not even top 15. Like, we're at the bottom. He can't finish games. And last last year he was on the high seat of getting fired. And what saved him was how we finished the season. And the players, like, the players really rock for Dan Quinn. Like, they stick up for him a lot. He's that kind of coach that is with you at all times. Like he, he's a good head coach. If if he was to be fired, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame Arthur Blank for firing him because he's had plenty of time to get this team together. I just feel like we should do, we can do better without Dan Quinn. I I say ride out through the through the end of the season, maybe or mid season, just to see if he can turn his team around. But. If it gets to mid-season and close to the end and we still don't have above over 750 win percentage, because I want to be in the range. I want to be 10 games, 11 games, you know, 11 and 5, 10 and 6. That's, I don't want to have a 9 and 7 season or a 7 and 9 season again like we had the past two years. So if Dan Quinn finishes under 500, he's getting fired this year is what you're oh, saying. Yeah. yeah, he's getting fired, definitely. And and not even just him. I feel like we'll fire Thomas Dimitrov as well. Even though he's not a part of the coaching staff, he's a part of the front office. Like, he's a part of the office. Like, he can help just as much as Dan Quinn can on many different spaces of the team. So, if if we fired Dan Quinn in uh, the gym, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Well, it's still early in the season. Y'all are 0-3 right now. But it's plenty yeah. of time left. Plenty of time. Yeah, it's just plenty. It's plenty of time for us to, to turn this thing around. Thirteen games left. Uh, we got a a mid mid year buy. I think our buy is like week eight. So I'm I'm pretty sure we can go into the buy maybe maybe with at least five wins. I, we can go on a we can go on a winning streak, but it's not going to show until Monday night. Like if we don't show on Monday night that we can beat a top top team, then after that. That will really show us because we have the we have the Vikings and we play the Lions, so it's not too much tough of a stretch as it was for the first quarter of the season. But if we if we somehow come out with the win against the Packers Monday night, I feel like that would be a momentum swing for all the players because I feel like right now they're pointing a finger at themselves and like if they just look in the mirror and try to get better as a as an individual, like this team has limits that that can be reached that no one is expecting us to do because what we've done the past couple of years, you know, choking and everything. So if we win this game Monday night, hopefully that can show the league that we're not a team to be played with. 
Well, you all get a chance to redeem yourself this week, Monday Night Football on primetime, as you all come and you play my Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. What, yeah. what are some things that scares you the most about this Green Bay Packers team? What, what makes you scared of us? Okay, so for one, Aaron Rodgers. I've seen y'all scored 35-plus points in each of the three games. And and y'all didn't have did, – did, the one that Adams didn't play last game, did he play like week one and two or what? He played in week one and the week two game, he got injured in the second quarter and he sat out the rest of the game. Oh, okay. Okay. But still, I, th- I believe he may be coming back. But the fact – the thing that scares me about playing you guys on prom time, man, Aaron Rodgers. It's Aaron Rodgers. And Devonta Adams, heard or not, I mean, he may come back, but that man there, his route running against our secondary when we were already weak at it, man. And then Aaron Jones, like, y'all have some weapons on the offense. Like, the thing that scares me is the offense because our defense is terrible. 35-plus points in three games, like, that is that is amazing. And so our offense done pretty good against the Bears. And they got a tough defense, so I'm not too worried about the defense. It's just the thing that scares me is Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams and the weapons y'all have on offense opposed to our coverage abilities and, and our defense. Like, that's going to be the difference maker in this game. If, if we can't get pressure on Aaron Rodgers and, and force turnovers, uh, it's going to be a tough, long game for us. So what are the keys to victory if the Falcons want to turn their season around and get their first victory on the season? The key is get the pressure on Aaron Rodgers, cover, 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 cover. We need to guard the receivers with press. Like, we need to play tight man coverage. We cannot keep playing zone. And, honestly, we need to bench Isaiah Oliver. So, it's just get pressure on Aaron Rodgers, stop the pass game. And on the offensive side of the ball, we just got to keep pushing, like run play action, get the run game going get Cavalry going like we had these past three games. That's that's my that's the key victory in my opinion. If we can get pressure on Aaron Rodgers and slow down y'all's offense just a bit and we need to put up points when we get on offense and stay aggressive throughout the whole game, um, I feel like we can win the game. And fourth quarter we need to finish. Regardless of how many points we up, we need to stay aggressive. We cannot play conservative going into the fourth quarter because that is not working our favor these past couple games. So if we can do all those things, I really feel like we can get this win with a with a close win in the fourth quarter. Give me a score prediction. Score prediction. It's gonna be a shootout. I feel like this is gonna you know, y'all gonna mess around and score thirty plus points again. And so that's why we have to show out on offense. So it's gonna be I'ma say can't go too high because it is that'd be unrealistic. So I'm gonna just say maybe maybe thirty one maybe thirty one to 34. So you got the Falcons going to Lambeau Field and getting their first victory of the season on the road in a tough environment. Yep. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Dominique says the Falcons are going to win on Monday night. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be tough. Hopefully Julio can come back, but it's going to be tough regardless. I definitely think it'll be a shootout. I think it's going to be real competitive. It's going to be closer yeah. than what people think it is. But I'm excited to see what's going to happen. We've always had some good games over the last 10 years. We're 5-4 and four against you all over the last 10 years. And this is the 10th game. So we'll see if we go 6-4 and four or 
if you all tie the series up and make it five and five over the last decade. But once again, Dominique, I appreciate you for taking time out of your day and joining the podcast this week. And I look forward to seeing a good matchup on Monday. So good luck. Hey, good luck to your team as well. And no problem. I appreciate it. Whenever you want me to be on the podcast, just just let me know and I'll be there. All right. Now we got Dominique's perspective on the game. Now let's talk about what the Packers need to do to secure a home victory on prime time Monday night football and going to this bye week 4-0. Keys to victory on the offensive side. We got to continue to do what we've been doing all season. That's running the football with Aaron Jones. Atlanta, they really don't have a great run defense. It's not bad, but it's not great either. So I think Aaron Jones can have a successful day running the football. And if we're able to run the ball, that opens up the play action passes. So we got to run the ball, get the play action going. Also, we got to protect Aaron Rodgers. We've done a phenomenal job of protecting him this season in the first three games. We've only given up two sacks all season and both of those sacks came on blitzes so if we see four man fronts we really don't allow pressure to get the Rodgers and we got to continue that in this game also we got to target Devontae Adams in this one he's going to be lined up against Isaiah Oliver and Isaiah Oliver is having a horrible year in 2020 he's one of the worst corners this season so if I see Devontae Adams lined up on Isaiah Oliver and man coverage. You got to throw it his way. You have to target Devontae Adams when he's against Isaiah Oliver. And I think Devontae Adams will have a big game. We also got to finish drives with touchdowns. We've done a great job of doing that this season, and we need to continue to do it in this one. No field goals. Get the big plays. Get in the end zone. No field goals. We also have to take care of the football. We have zero turnovers this season. We haven't turned the ball over once this year, and we need to continue to do that. This is a home game against a very bad defense. We cannot gift them with turnovers. So we gotta continue to kick. So we gotta continue to take care of the ball. Also, we gotta stay disciplined. No penalties, no holding penalties, no offensive pass interferences, no offensive holdings, none of that. Stay disciplined on the offensive side, and I think we'll be fine. So those are my keys to victory for the offense. Now let's move on to the defense and my keys to victory for the defensive side. Number one, same thing every single week. We can't stop the run, so I'm not going to even say stop the run. Contain the run. Can we at least contain the run this week? Just contain it. I know we can't stop it, but can we contain it? Kenny Clark should be back, so can we at least contain the run? and force them to throw the ball, please. So that's my number one, containing the run. Number two, don't give up big plays. This Atlanta Falcons team, they can score with anybody. This is a very dynamic Atlanta Falcons offense. They have so many weapons on this team. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, who's number two in receiving this season. Hayden Hurst, who's an up-and-coming tight end. Todd Gurley, they have so many weapons on this team and they can score with anybody. So it is important that we don't give up the big plays. Also, we got to get pressure on Matt Ryan. Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, they have to step up. They've been absent pretty much all season. They really haven't had the same impact that they had last year. And that's hurt this defense so far in 2020. They have to step up. They have to come alive and get pressure 
and Rashawn Gary, he's going to have to bring it as well. And it would be great if Kingsley Kiki can have another great performance and get pressure on Matt Ryan. Also, we got to create turnovers. We forced the turnover in every single game this season. One turnover in every game. So I need that to continue this week. And if we can do that, I think we'll be fine. Also, we got to hold them to field goals. We cannot let this team score touchdowns. We have to end their drives with field goals. Now, my score prediction for this game, I'm going to go with the Packers winning this one with the score of 41 to 33. And I think we'll improve to 4-0. So we'll see what happens on Monday. This is this is a trap game. This is an 0-3 Atlanta Falcons team. They're struggling. Their coach is on the hot seat. And they're very capable of turning their season around. This is a team that can get hot and go on a big winning streak. They have the team to do so. They have the offense that, that is capable of doing this. So this is a trap game for the Packers, and they have to win it. This is very important. We got to end the first quarter of the season undefeated, and we got to go into this bye undefeated. So we'll see what the result is on Monday. I'm excited. Can't wait to see what this offense is going to do, and hopefully the defense can have a better performance than they had last week. But that's all I have for this podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll be back next week with another episode. So stay tuned. Go Pack Go.